Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. Last month, September of 2019, I was uh, <clears throat> I was uh, getting ready for one service in Tennessee, and while I when I arrived there at the at the city and just getting ready to go there for several days to preach. Uh, the Spirit of God said to me, it's time for miracles. And you say, well, hasn't it always been time for miracles? Sure, it's always time for miracles. But when he decrees it like that, when he states it, when he singles out that flow, and he says, it's time for this, it's because that's what he's wanting to emphasize, but he's got to get people who will emphasize it with him. That's good. And in emphasizing it with him, it's not just talking about it, but it's becoming skillful with it. So when he said it's time for miracles, then that's about all he had to say to me. I realized I got to start preaching there. I got to start studying there. I've got to start praying there. So notice that you get your assignment from one statement. You don't have to have the statement spelled out for you. Hear the statement and then study everything connected to it. Do everything connected to that statement. And so we know this, that uh, when he said this, it's time for miracles. When God says something, the grace for that which he says comes. Yes, yes, yes. So when he said it's time for miracles, then basically he's saying there's an there's a, there's a increased grace right now for miracles. Yes. And you remember what Dad Hagen used to say when he talked about the healing revival? He said healing was just in the air. I believe that when God decrees something, it's in the air. If people will be sensitive to it, recognize it, and hook on to it, and not treat it like it's not part of what they're to do. You know, so he said it's time for miracles. Um, in February of this year, I, had, I was coming back, the end of February, I was coming back from a meeting in Houston, Texas, and I was going home and, uh, there at the castle, and I have a front patio to it. And uh, it's about 10.30 at night, I was getting back from the airport, and I, the moment my foot touched the, the front patio, the anointing fell on me tangibly. And I said, Father, what is that anointing for? He said, that is the grace to renovate the castle. Now see, I've owned it since 2015, didn't move into it till 2016. But I had not made steps for different reasons in renovating it. And then he said, "Uh, that is the grace to renovate. Notice he called the anointing coming up on the grace. So when he said it's time for miracles, there's a grace, there's an anointing for it. There's a grace for it. And when you operate under something, when there's a grace for it, it's easy. It, the grace deals with the opposition. As, as long as you stay under what God is emphasizing and move with what he's doing, yeah. then you're in that flow. Remember how Ed talked about, my husband talked about, he had a vision and in this vision he saw a wave. Yeah. Yeah. Did, you, did, you, did he tell that here or you heard it, something about that? Yeah. 
And he said that when he saw the wave of the last day revival, he said in that wave, he said, if you went to the ocean and you would see a wave come in, you might see seaweed or different stuff in it. But he said, when this wave rolled over, he said, what I saw in it were buildings and properties, equipment, anointings, everything that would be needed for that wave. And he said, as long as you get in the wave, you access everything that's in the wave. That's what, that's the same thing with the grace I'm talking about this. When he said it's time for miracles, when we flow in that, and then we access everything that is connected to that anointing and the grace for that. Amen. I believe in miracles. I believe I need miracles. Yes. I want miracles. Yes. Amen. And Amen. needing a miracle does not mean that you missed God and now you need a divine rescue. Right, right. It can mean that. <laughs> but, um, and, and too many times, I think we miss recognizing miracles that are moving in our lives because sometimes they don't look very spectacular. Right, right. Yeah. And so many times people articulate and describe miracles as the spectacular, but the miracles can look like something every day. If $10 came to you that you didn't earn, right? And so too many times we think it's only like large, spectacular things. But let's not, let's not rob God of the glory that's due him on things that might not be very loud, might not look very large, but they're still authored by still came as a result of his blessing on our life. Amen. Praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. And so when he says that it's time for miracles, he's telling us it's time for us to become skillful with miracles. Uh, we quote this passage, and rightly so, and uh, that we want to hear Jesus say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Right? When we see him, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And so many times we focus on this word faithful. Well done, thou good and faithful. I just want to be faithful. I just want to be faithful. But notice what's listed before faithful. If you're not good at your job, there's no promotion for you. Promotion comes to people who are good at their job, good at their profession, good at their occupation, good at what's entrusted to them. Well, how are you good at it? You know it. You're skillful with it. You apply that knowledge. And just having it doesn't mean that you're skillful. You can have knowledge, but not be very careful with the knowledge that you carry. So if we could say it this way, and I think it might help us, instead of saying, well done, thou good and faithful servant, how about, thou, well done, thou good, thou skillful and faithful servant. Because nobody needs you to be skillful at something you're not good at. Excuse me. No, I just said that wrong. No one needs you to be faithful with something you're, you're not skillful at. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. right, 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 right. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Through 25 years of pastoring, I've had precious people that loved the Lord. <laughs> okay. 
I love the Lord. I, and I appreciated their heart for the Lord. And they were faithful to show up and do a job they were not good at regularly. And it puts a lid on things. It puts a cap, a ceiling on how far some things can go without skill. Loving the Lord is the motive, but the skill is the carrying out. Our motive should be from a place of I love the Lord. That's why I'm doing I'm not trying to magnify myself. I'm not trying to get recognition. I'm not trying to gain the ascendancy in the eyes of people. My motive is I love the Lord. But to be good at something, we have to do something more than love the Lord. We need to be skillful. So when he said it's time for miracles, he's not talking about our love for him. He's not talking about his love for us. He's talking about skill with what he's wanting emphasized. Amen. Amen. Remember what my husband had prophesied that this last day era would be all fivefold offices operating at full potential power. All nine manifestations of the spirit flowing at full potential power. That's not going to happen by accident. It's going to happen because those in the fivefold and minister and layman as well became skillful with their offices, with their endowments, with their giftings, with their graces. And that skill got another level of manifestations moving and flowing. Amen. And remember, remember the vision that my husband had. And I've referred to it, I I believe I talked about it last year, two years ago or so when I was here preaching, um, that when uh, Jesus stepped out of the organ, Mm -hmm. there was a a Leslie speaker for the B3 organ and a cloud formed in that. And uh, Jesus stepped out of that and stood in front of my husband and fire shot out of his eyes and said this, you're not being skillful with the healing anointing. And then he stepped back into the cloud and that cloud went back into that organ, Leslie. And uh, lack of skill displeased Jesus. Why? Because when we're not skillful, we don't receive what we need and others can't receive what skill should have made available to them. There's not a lack of power You understand me? There's not a lack of power. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, Jesus said, you shall receive power. We've received it. We've received yeah. it. Amen. That's right. You shall receive power. Right. After yeah. that, yeah. the Holy Ghost has come upon you. So it's not a power issue. It's not a God side issue. That was his side to make sure that the earth and we were wired with power. The building's wired with power. And because of that, we benefit from it. Why? Because somebody knew how to wire that power into the building. And somebody knew where the flip, to flip the switch. Right? We're wired with power. But it doesn't matter if we don't know how to flip the switch. Amen. Amen. And so um, lack of skill displeased Jesus. 
specifically lack of skill regarding the healing anointing displeased Jesus when he was speaking to Ed. But generally speaking, lack of skill displeases him. That we all have graces. We all have something that has been entrusted to us. Giftings that have been entrusted to us. And God expects us to be skillful. It is our job to put ourselves around skill. As a parent, you do that for your children. When you want them uh, educated academically, you send them. You don't wait for someone to come to your house and seek out your child and say, your child was born with abilities. I'm here to educate those. No, you seek out the skill so that you can draw from. But yet so much of the time what we do is, oh, God put something in us. He'll just have to send, you know, help. No, it's our job to seek out and be around those. Amen. And uh, we have an obligation toward what we're gifted with or blessed with or assigned to or decreed to, we have an obligation to make sure that we handle that rightly. And notice when it came to David, I mean, here he was living in, with King Saul and evil spirits would begin to manifest through King Saul and uh, David would go and begin to play and because his, it said he played with skill before the Lord, not with love for the Lord. It's good to have love for the Lord. But when you're dealing with demons, you're going to need something. You're going to need some skill. You're going to need to know something. You're going to have to have some experience. Amen. So it's our job to gain experience. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. Um, When Brother Richard Roberts came to our church the first time, I loved something he said, quoting his dad, Oral Roberts said, every day, miracles are coming to you or going past you. Every day, miracles are coming to you or going past you. So what determines whether it stops with you or not? Your skill. Your skill. Well, I thought it's faith. Yeah, faith is a skill. (laughs) Faith is a skill. Yeah. And um, he said it's going to be every day a miracle is coming to you or going past you. And notice it doesn't search out need. That power doesn't, that's moving. It's not just searching out need. I want to read to you um, 2 Chronicles chapter 16 and verse 9. I'll just read it to you. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. I like the next phrase, to show himself strong. He is looking to show himself. Amen. Amen. And when he shows himself, people see him as he is. Amen is as the help, the deliverer, the answer giver, the healer, the miracle worker, the provider. Amen, the victor. Yes. Glory to God. And he is, his eyes are running to and fro through the whole earth. Meaning this, he doesn't assign where that power goes into manifestation. 
If he did, his eyes would go right to the place that it was assigned to. But his eyes are going to and fro because he's looking. Who has faith for this power so I can show myself? Who has skill? Who is a channel? Who is ready to receive? His eyes are running to and fro. Notice this. It's not set in concrete who gets these miracles. God did not predestine that some get miracles and some don't. Otherwise, his eyes would not need to run to and fro. Meaning this, he's always looking to manifest himself. He's always looking to manifest. He's not looking to withhold anything. He's not looking to hold back anything. There's nothing of a withholder in God. Why? Because he's already given it all. He's already given it all. There's nothing left for him to withhold. It's all been given. Now he's looking for somebody who knows what's been given. Who knows? Who, who in here will reach out to what has been given? Now it makes sense when Oral Roberts can make a statement like, every day, miracles are coming to you or going past you. And it shows lack of skill when we pray for God to send. Shows lack of knowledge. Because Ephesians 1.3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places or every spiritual blessing that heaven itself enjoys. It's already moving. It's already moving. It's already moving. God's eyes are already moving. It's not, he doesn't stop and start. He, God is a continual flow. His movement is continual. It is continual. It's not about working something up to get him to give something or send something or do something. It's about us recognizing it's already moving. I don't care whether I feel it. I don't care whether I see it or not. I don't have to feel it to know that it's present and moving. I don't have to feel it. Ever gone to the dentist and put you in a chair? And uh, they say, we're going to take a few x-rays. And then they drop over, they drop an apron over your vital organs. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> you know why they're called vital organs? Because they're vital to your, yeah, right, yeah. To your living. Yeah. <laughs> they're called vital. Yeah. And they drop an apron over your vital organs. And they leave. Right. Yeah. They walk out of the room. And go around the corner and push a button. Why? Because they're fixing to make power available. And they don't want it. Because it's man-generated power. Right? And they don't want it. They say, it's for you, the one wearing the apron over there. Yeah. And you know what? You didn't feel it. You didn't see it. They didn't feel it. They didn't see it, but they believed that when they pushed the button, 
power is gonna flow. I don't care whether I feel it, whether I see it, every time I release my faith, power flows. Every time. We must become skillful with power that is unfelt. It's very easy to be skillful with power that's felt. Because I feel it. And it helps my believing. It encourages me to believe when I feel it. But what about when I don't feel it? How skillful is my faith then? How anchored? What's my faith foundation like then? What do I believe then? We must become skillful with power that is felt, power that is unfelt. Power that is seen, power that is not seen. What do you mean power that is seen? Well, do you doubt that something happened when the the minister lays hands on somebody and nobody falls? What do you believe? Oh, not a very strong anointing tonight. Oh, really? Oh, really? Come on now. That's called you only have faith in power that's seen. That's right. Come on. Of how it affects the body. And when it doesn't affect the body visibly. What, what's your skill level? Amen. Because there, power can be seen. Power can be unseen. Power can be felt. Power can be unfelt. I don't care whether I feel it or see it. I just want power. I want power. Why? Power makes life better. Yes. Aren't you glad none of you had to carry in kerosene lamps tonight? (laughs) Can you imagine what this room would smell like? But power, that's a higher level of power, makes life better for us. Amen. It makes life better. Praise the Lord. We were... um, we were in, a, in one particular church, my husband and I, and uh, after the service one night, they brought a little gal there who had been part of a denominational church, and she was just visiting that night. She was about 23 years old, and uh, she had been married just a couple of years. She was pregnant. She was probably about six months pregnant at the time. And she had just been diagnosed with an inoperable brain tumor. And the concern for the doctors was, we're just trying to keep her alive long enough to deliver the child. Because they gave her just weeks or months to live. And they, 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 medically it was possible that she would not live the next three months to even deliver the child. So they were trying to get her to a place to where at least the child was big enough to survive on its own that they could keep her alive that long. And they brought her back into the hospitality room after the service and asked my husband, would you lay hands on her? And Ed got up and he laid hands on her and he cursed that cancer, told it to dry up from the root because... Medically, they could not even operate. It was inside the brain. It would do no good. He cursed that cancer and sat down. She left. And uh, he said, I felt nothing. 
but he said, but I spoke. Yeah. Amen. Amen. We go back the next year, and Ed said, Pastor, can you tell me anything about that little gal that you brought in the back room for me to lay hands on? He said, yes. He said, she was here tonight. Wow. <laughs> said she delivered her baby, and she went back to the doctor, and that cancer was gone. Amen. Power, unfelt. She didn't fall. No. Ed didn't feel anything in his hand. Right, right. We have to become skillful with power in all of its forms, all of its flows. Skillful. Skillful. Skillful at receiving and then skillful at standing on what we've received. Not just checking. Does it feel any different? Right, right. Amen. Yes. And you've heard it. Dad Hagen would quote John G. Lake when he would say, I think some of our instantaneous healings are a curse to us. Wow. Yeah. Because people never really learn right. how to stand in faith and receive from God. They only know how to receive of the instantaneous, but they don't know how to stand in the face of opposition. You know, a student who knows the answers that are going to be on the test, no matter how many answer, no matter how many questions are on the page, they still pass. Yeah. As long as they know the answers. Doesn't matter how many tests throw at you, how many questions, how many assaults. When you know the answer, you know the answer. And the tests don't frighten you because you know the answer. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3. And I'm going to start reading in verse 1. There's so much that when God said, it's time for miracles, what that means. That assignment is large. And when he said it's time for miracles, he wasn't just saying it's time for him to do miracles. <laughs> He's not been negligent. <laughs> Exodus chapter 3, verse 1, and I believe this is one of the leading things that we're going to have to understand about being skillful. Exodus chapter 3, verse 1. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked and behold, the bush burned with fire and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside. Notice, no voice, no instruction, yeah, right, right. no word from the Lord. Right. The angel didn't say anything to him, but he recognized there's something moving over there that's not natural. Right. It's right. supernatural. And he said, I will, I will now turn aside. 
When he says turn aside, what's he talking about turning aside from? Turning aside from the natural responsibilities. He's, he's got his father-in-law's flocks with him. He's responsible for them. He's tending to them and he says, I know they're here, but something else worth seeing is here. And he walks away from... Not walks away. He puts natural responsibilities in their place. Right. That's good. That's good. Yeah. And says, I'm going to turn and I'm going to pay attention to this site. How many times people of God have missed the next thing God's doing because they didn't know where to look? Remember what Elijah told Elisha? When Elijah said, ask ask what you would have me do for you. He says, I want a double portion. He said, if you see me when I go. Matters where you're looking at certain times. It matters where you, it matters yeah. if you're there or not. That's yes. right. That's yes. right. It matters. You'll never be get skillful at spiritual things not being there. Amen. Not being where spiritual things are valued. Now you can go to natural places where they're not valued and get good at natural things. But I'm talking about skill with what God is looking to show. So he says, I will now turn aside. Look at this, the next word, and see. Mm-hmm. When we turn toward things, we need to make sure that we're seeing. Yeah. Yeah. And if we don't see, it's because we're not turning. Yeah. If there's something about our future that we should have seen, mm-hmm. it wasn't because God wasn't showing us because we weren't turning. Amen. And this is part of being skillful with when he says it's time for miracles. We're going to have to step into that spirit of seeing and knowing that Dad Hagen prophesied about. How do we step into that spirit of seeing and knowing? Turning. Turning aside. Not because God says, I'm going to show you something, but because we say, I want to see something. And so we initiate. We initiate. I've made this statement before, and I, I believe it more and more the longer I live, is this, is 95% of what we receive from God's initiated by us, not Him. Yeah, that's right. And so many times people are waiting for God to do something, and He's waiting for them to be interested enough to come aside and see. Praise the Lord. Being too busy with natural things will keep us from seeing. This is part of the skill thing. Ministers, too busy. Our job description is given for ministers. Our primary job description is given in Acts chapter 6. When they said, we'll not leave prayer in the ministry of the word to wait on tables. It's not that waiting on tables is beneath us. It's just that we can't do skillfully. All of it. And so we leave the tables to the people anointed for the tables. And the disciples knew what they were anointed for. And that is this, prayer and ministry of the word. How are you going to become skillful with what God has assigned to your life? Know what you're responsible for. Know what he's anointed you for. Know what he's uh, 
graced you for. Because every single one of us have been graced for something. But for us ministers and pastors that are here, our primary occupation is this, prayer and the ministry of the word, period. And all the other things that may go with it. So we've got to learn to turn aside. And it, at different seasons of your life, calls for different turnings, <laughs> you know? That what we could participate in, in times past, we can't participate in for the season we're to be flowing in now. That's the same way with every one of us in our spiritual walk. When we first got born again, God permitted certain things to be in our lives. But when we came to new seasons, he, he uh, showed us something better to do. Right? <laughs> right? Yes. And you started laying aside things. Yeah. When he yeah. showed us yeah. that he had more for us, we laid aside things. Yes. Learn what's important. Yes. And learn what's not important. Yes. I mean, isn't it Paul when he said the prayer, made the prayer, that you would, and the Amplified basically says this, that you would learn to sense what is vital. Because if we're not careful, we will start dealing with things that are needful, but not things that are vital. And uh, when I, uh, in pastoring, because I traveled with my husband and I pastored and I administrated the offices and I was a parent. Yeah, yeah. And basically, I had the boys <clears throat> under my care most of the time because Ed was gone, and I completely understood that. That was not an issue or a conflict for us. I didn't demand he be home because if he wasn't home, that meant I was empowered. Right. Was great. <laughs> no, seriously. Yeah. I was empowered to be the, the only present parent. Right. God empowered me for that. Right. Right. So I don't have to, to nag at him to be somewhere where other men are. I need him to be where God tells him to be. That your children are safest when you're obeying God, not when you're home pushing them on a bicycle. So that when, and I understood that. I didn't try to make him be like natural men. Others that were around me who were not in the ministry we were in, and they said, "Uh, Nancy, when I married him, you need to clip his wings. You know what that means, right? Yes. Well, you see that that didn't happen. <laughs> because it's not my job to make my life look like someone else's. It's my job to do what God told me to do to fulfill what I'm born for. And you need to learn to sense what is vital. And what is vital for your life is not replicating someone else's life. What's vital for your life is knowing what God is holding us accountable for and giving ourselves to that. Turn aside. That turning aside is going to look different for every person. It's going to look different. And it's going to look different in every season. What was, uh, what was turning aside in a previous season is not turning aside in the current season. Amen. And so when Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. And I like this, why the bush is not burned. I, wanna, I don't just want to know how everything. I want to know some whys. Yeah. Yeah. Why did that person die prematurely? Why? Because it's going to help me keep others alive. Right. 
Why did they fail? Not because I'm nosy. I want to know the whys, not of their life, but of humanity. Because it will help me help others arrive. So notice this. There was a spiritual desire in him. There was something reaching out. I don't know how long that bush had been that way before he turned aside. Look at verse 3 again. And Moses said, it didn't say God called, Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. I want to know something. I want to know something. Why is the bush not burning? I want to know. Verse 4, and when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called. Mm. God called based on Moses. On what he did. How he responded to this supernatural invitation. That bush was nothing but an invitation to see something more than a bush. Amen. When God says it's time for miracles, that's an invitation for us. To see something more than a miracle, but to see the God of the miracle, the whys, the ins and outs, the heart of God wanting to show himself strong. I don't know about you, but this stuff thrills me. We have a divine invitation. Now that God has said this, it's time for miracles. He's waiting to see who's going to turn. Wow. Who's going to turn? You say, well, you're the one that heard that from God, not me. Well, you don't want to take that approach because Moses is also the one who heard the word for Pharaoh, let my people go. And he didn't, Pharaoh didn't hear that personally. He heard it from someone who heard what God said. And because he didn't treat it like God talking to him, it cost him everything. He lost everything because God was speaking to him through a man. And he didn't, he just heard a man. It's time for miracles. It's time for miracles. It's time. It's time. God is offering us a divine invitation. And those who turn aside to see and to ask why and to go further than to what's obvious. That's really what Moses was doing. It's obvious that the bush is is not burning. There's fire in the bush. It's not burning. I want to know why. What's making, what power is doing that? What will that power work? If that will do that for a bush, what will it do for a life? What will it do for a body? What will it do for a home? If that will do that for an insignificant bush that is really going to burn up tomorrow by the, by the heat of the sun. Amen. Moses wasn't just wanting to look and say, oh, I saw something. He wanted to know the why of it. He wanted to know further. He paid attention to the invitation 
that God gave him. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. When I, you see people come from churches and not receive their answers in them. And they come to a church where they got their answer and visit it. Come on. And then go back. It's like, why didn't you ask why? Why, why did you go back to the place that wasn't burning? You want to know why? They didn't, they didn't have any interest on the inside of them to turn from the way they were going. They'd still want to just pick up the sheet and go back home and say, well, I went to a good church service. I received my healing. Praise the Lord. But I don't want, an, I don't want more. You say, I can't understand that. Oh, yes, there were 10 lepers. Yeah, that's right. That's right. There were 10 lepers. And as they went, they were healed. And one, when he saw he was healed, turned back. <laughs> and with a loud voice. He hadn't even arrived at where Jesus was. We don't know how far he had gone. We don't know if it was a block. We don't know if it was two miles. We don't know. But it says when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice, he glorified God. So all the way back to Jesus, glory to God. And I mean loud voice all the way back. And it says, and when he reached Jesus, he fell down at his feet and worshiped. So the loud voice was before he reached him. Yes. Yes. And when he fell down at his feet, he worshiped. He worshiped. And Jesus said, where are the nine? Nine, ten saw a burning bush, so to speak. Only one was interested enough to know what's behind that. What's behind that power that healed me? What's behind that power that caused that leprosy to leave my body? Nine weren't interested. They just wanted what they needed. They just wanted relief. I don't want, I don't, I, I want relief. I don't just want relief. I want to know how never to need relief again. <laughs> right? And it says that they were cleansed. When one, when, they were, when the one saw he was cleansed, he turned back. Why? He was interested in more. I, I wanna, there's something about, I got something from that man. I want to go back to the man. I want to go back to the place where God showed himself strong. I want to go back to the church. Yes. Yes. Where I got my help and my yes. answer. Yes. I don't want to just keep going down the road of life acting like nothing happened. Glad I got my relief, but not really grateful. Not grateful. Not grateful. Taker mentality. Just, it's owed me. And then the one... He wasn't a church man. He was a Samaritan. He hadn't been raised in the synagogue to know the appropriate approach to the things of God. But just out of his human decency, 
He says, I recognize my life. Ah, oh, this man did for my life what no one could do for my life. I want to get back to that man. And when he came back, Jesus said a question. Where are the nine? Where are the ones who just took power and left? Amen. Notice this. He's looking to see who's turning back. Who's turning aside. Matters to him. Why? You want to know why? Because he has more for them. The ones who will turn aside, there's more. The ones who will turn aside, there's more. And Jesus asked the question, where are the nine? He expected them to come back. Pastors have a right to say, why weren't you in church last week? Your your marriage is falling apart. Why weren't you there? That's exactly what Jesus did. Where are they? Why aren't they here? We're not trying to hurt people, but you can't just take relief and run. You got to come back and know some whys. Why did that thing happen? Why did it come on you? How do I keep that from happening again? How do I keep my marriage from being on the rocks again? You got to get some skill. And so, as he as he was there before Jesus and worshiping, Jesus said to him, go your way, your faith has made you whole. This man did not confess anything. All he did was worship. And Jesus called worship faith. And it says, your faith has made you whole. What's that mean? Body parts that were missing, they're back. The others just were cleansed. The process of leprosy was stopped. But to the one who returned, he's made whole. Things are put back. Can I tell you this? To those who turn back, to those who turn aside in gratitude, that God, if you did this, there's more. There's more. I want the more. God will put back. I don't just want what the devil did stopped in my life. I won't put back what was lost when he attacked. I want finances put back. I want children put back. I want marriages put back and health put back. Body parts that were cut out put back. You know what Jesus said to that man? He said, your faith has made you whole. Let's put it in, the, in, in exact terms. Your worship has put back body parts. Why? Because you took time to turn aside. Just took time. God didn't, Jesus didn't tell him, listen, boys, go show yourself to the priest and come back and report to me what happens. He didn't invite them to do that. They took, he, this man took initiative to wait, say, wait a minute. I know he, where he told me to go, but that's not where I received my miracle. I want to go back to the place I received from. My question is this. What do you think the nine said the next time they saw him? Yeah, the Samaritan, he's got back body parts. They're still missing things. 
know the leprosy's not there anymore, but they're still missing things. Which goes to show this. Much of what is received from God comes as a progression. That if they would have continued on in the progress, that they could have come back and had their body parts put back. Yeah. But they could have had more. Right. But too late. The man's already gone. Yeah. Right? When the bush was burning, you should have stopped and looked. Right, right. That's right. You gotta stop then. That's part of skill. Yes. Amen. How much we have and how much we see is not dependent on God. It's dependent on our turning. It's dependent on us. If we don't have enough, we need to turn more. Amen. If we don't see enough or know enough, it's not because he's not showing. His eyes are looking. His eyes are running to and fro through the whole earth. Looking. Who can I show myself strong through? Amen. Uh, In 25 years of pastoring, uh, God told me, when you come up on your 25th year, I want you to have uh, a, a celebration for the 25 years. I'm not one to really mark dates and stuff. Ed did not have to be home for my anniversary. I'm still married whether you're on the road on my anniversary or not. That doesn't matter to me. You, you can just send me money. I don't get my feelings hurt because you're not here on a certain day. I don't magnify a day. That's me personally. The council might help some of you, but you know. It's simply a day. And I would say, whenever you get home, we'll go out and have dinner, whatever. I'm not going to cause a problem because everybody else's husband is home on their anniversary and we're not. Come on, we're bigger than that, right? We're bigger than that. Or my birthday, you weren't here for my birthday. I don't care, just give me money. Let's make it simple. You don't even have to shop for me. I release you and dismiss you from shopping for the rest of my life. I do not see it as you don't love me because you didn't go out and buy something I don't want. Just give me money. And I will be so blessed by you. You know? (laughs) And you laugh because you're married, right? (laughs) Yeah. So I've never been one to note dates. That's so when twenty five years a ministry came around, I well actually in twenty years. When we came to our 20th anniversary for the church, I wasn't going to do anything. God said, God had to tell me, celebrate. (laughs) That's how, you know, I know people are different. I understand that. I'm not telling you to be like me, but it might help you. (laughs) I'm just teasing. Come on. But he said, I want you to celebrate your 20th year. And I'm so glad we did because it wasn't long after that it went to heaven. And so we got to celebrate that with him. 
And then he said, I want you to celebrate your 25th year. I said, on one condition, I'm staying. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, the day before we were to have that celebration, God spoke to me and said, the reason I wanted you to celebrate it is it marks the end of your of your pastorate that you're stepping out of the pastoral office and into the next thing that I have for you. And um, then I, of course, began, continued traveling. I had been traveling and pastoring at the same time. And so in past, excuse me, in traveling and preaching, God spoke to me and he said, um, you're going to have to quit preaching and teaching like a pastor. You're not in that office anymore. Because see, when you're in that office 25 years, you know that office. You know the food that should come out of that office. You know the type of feeding to give the sheep. And he said, to not not teach that way, you're going to have to quit feeding that way. Quit feeding like you're a pastor. Because he said, you're going to minister the way you feed. And he said this, feed in line with the visions I've shown you. Well, what visions have I seen? In the visions, there were healing crusades. So basically, he's telling me, feed in line with the visions I've given you. Because he said, if you don't feed in line with them, the visions you've seen won't happen. Because you have to be prepared and skillful for what you saw. See, when God shows us our future, prophesies of it, he's talking about it from a place of skill. He shows, he showed me, I've seen uh, several different visions, seeing healing crusades. And there, there were healings happening. (laughs) It was from a place of skill. He's not showing me from a place of lack of skill, but you arrive at skill on purpose. You don't arrive there automatically because you saw something. So in the seasons and the different times that God's bringing us into, we have to know what what is he endeavoring to bring us into. And we have to feed that way, study that way. That's how we turn aside. Amen. I couldn't just turn aside to the pastoral feeding and feed like I saw in the vision. And minister like I saw in the vision. I have to turn aside and feed differently. Because it's time for what I saw in the visions. But when I was pastoring, it wasn't time to do that. That Paul said that you would learn to sense what is vital. Sense what is vital to the season you're in. Because what is vital in one season may not be what was vital in a previous season. Well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I love coming to a church where I can articulate these things. Thank you. Not saying you can't everywhere, but sometimes you're, you're, you're there to help churches in different ways. And I love getting to come here and talk in the way of where God is directing us. Amen. Hallelujah. Stand with me to your feet tonight. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Just lift up your hands and worship him. We worship you, Father. 
We worship you, Father. We worship you, Father. We pay attention, Father, to what you said. It's time for miracles. It's time. It's time for miracles. We agree. We reach for that. So since it's time for miracles, it's time right now. It's time right now. So, Father, we're here to respond. Miracle power is present. Miracle power is here. Miracle power is moving. Why? Because God's always moving. God's not stationary. And his power is always moving. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Physically, what is it that you may need? Financially, what is it that you may need? For the health of your soul, your mind, your emotions, what is it that you need tonight? Some people need help in that arena. Well, there's power here for that. I said there's power here for that. Uh, blind Bartimaeus, um, just on the roadside, there's no... Nothing stated in the word that Jesus was going so that he could minister to blind Bartimaeus. Yeah. Jesus was just going down the road, yeah. passing that way. Yeah. And blind Bartimaeus heard, he's coming. And so what did he do? Remember what old Robert said? Miracles every day are coming to you or going past you. So what did he do? He called. That's how he got Jesus to not pass him by, just called. And when he called, Jesus stopped. Jesus was not headed toward him, but his call stopped him there. What stops miracle power with you, your call? Your call. So tonight, what do you need? Call it. Miracle power is here. Healing power is here. Any power you need, whatever you need that power to do for you, just call it. Amen. Hallelujah. And notice this. Blind Bartimaeus, because he's blind, he doesn't know proximity of how far Jesus is. Because he's moving continuously toward him. So just, just so I make sure he calls, so I make sure rather that he hears, I call louder than I should. Because yes. I want to make sure I'm heard. Because I don't know how much volume to use. Because I don't see him. Right? And he was calling so loud that those around him said, be quiet. But don't let people who aren't calling tell you to be quiet. It's not their, it's not their need. Not their problem. Amen. So tonight, you call. I said, you call. Listen, every time we rely on someone else's faith, we lost the opportunity for skill. Amen. It's perfectly right to have someone to agree with you, but value the opportunities to develop skill. Amen. So just lift up your hands, lift up your voice. Release your faith. Release your faith. Father, we thank you.
we thank you. It is time for miracles. We call for that miracle power to work in our bodies, work in our finances, work in our families, work in our homes, work in our minds. We call for the power of God. We receive it. with me right now the power of God it's working in my body every area of my body from the top of my head to the soles of my feet power of God it's moving right now God is showing himself in my body through his power Right now, the power of God is present where my family is. It's working. Bringing wayward family members back into the plan of God. Back into the will of God. Right now, the power of God is working to bless my finances. Money. Customers. just got healed. I don't know if you dislocated it, injured it, or if it was stiff from any kind of arthritic type situation, but somebody's elbow. Who, who is that? Raise your hand. Somebody, your elbow. Back here, love. Back here. Move that around. Over here. Yeah, move that around. Move that around. Hallelujah. 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 Somebody's knees just healed. Somebody's knees. Move them around. Give action to that anointing. Give action to that power. We're not checking to see if it worked. We're giving action to that anointing that is working. That power that's moving. Something to do with your hip. 
hips. I don't know if it's a dislocated hip, something in the hip that has been out. Uh, who is that? You're being healed right now. Over here, love. Somebody else, anybody else. It can be more than one. You know why I'm not calling out names? Because God's not limiting it to certain people. It's available to faith. You say, well, doesn't God know who? Yes, but he doesn't limit it to those people. Whoever will take it. Whoever. Whoever. Amen. Hallelujah. Somebody right behind the eyes. There's been pain right behind the eyes. Something to do with the eye pressure, it seems. Headaches that have been going on. You're being healed right now. Now, don't, don't, don't just think, well, I don't have a headache right now. No, it, even if it comes and goes, receive the power that deals with that so it doesn't come. Hallelujah. 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 Ears are being healed right now. Ears. Ears. Whether it's an infection in the ears, whether it's loss of hearing, ears right now being healed. Just receive that. Receive that. Hallelujah. I believe in the power of God. Somebody's throat condition is being healed. Some, you've, had, you've had great difficulty in swallowing also. There's another one. You've had great difficulty in swallowing. I don't know if it's something with the esophagus or what, but there has been, and it's almost like you go to, you, you'll almost end up choking when you go to swallow. Just, yeah, just raise up your hand and receive that. It's being healed right now. Hallelujah. Somebody's spine is being straightened right now. Somebody's spine, stand up straight. Stand up straight. Take it. Don't, 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 don't stay there like this. Don't straighten up. Take it. That's me. I take it. Hallelujah. Some kind of pain right here on the right side, right in front of that right, right uh, hip bone. There's a, there's been a something there in that area. Receive healing in that area right now. Just receive it. Hallelujah! 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 Somebody that you uh, had limited mobility with your neck, move it now. There's healing right now. Move it right now. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Move that around. Move that around. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody else was swallowing. There's somebody else. You've had, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't lay hold of that. Lay hold of it. God has you in mind. God has you in mind. Reach out and receive that. Receive that. Something to do with the swallowing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. Some kind of difficulty that's been right behind the knees. It runs down the back behind the knee area. Receive your healing right now. Somebody's being healed right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Female organs being healed right now. Female organs. There's been, there's been uh, extreme uh, pain in the female organs. It's not normal. It's not normal. You're being healed right now. Hallelujah. Receive that. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father. We thank you. There's some kind of adjustment being made in the hips. I mean, it's almost like there, I don't know. It seems like to me there's an angel standing there and just moving something. That needs to be. Listen, angels are simply expressions of the power of God. Right? When God moves by his power, he can move by an angel. They are expressions of his power. They manifest, they'll bring body parts. They'll adjust parts. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
heart conditions being healed. I said heart conditions being healed. There's been some clogged arteries. Those are being, those are being opened up now. Those are being opened up now. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. call out your condition. Move that part of your body around. Move it around. If wherever you're standing, something that you're believing, move that part. Don't wait for it to call out. You can take it. It doesn't, you don't have to wait. The power is manifesting. It's in manifestation. Hallelujah. We know that power is present everywhere because the Holy Ghost is present everywhere. But we also know it's not manifesting everywhere, but it's manifesting here. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody's teeth, the back lower teeth are being healed. Right now, God's doing something for people's teeth. Amen. Hallelujah. There's been some infection in that area also. And that dry, that's, that's being dried up right now. Every bit of that is leaving. Every bit of that is leaving. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries.